You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. From the author of the book by the same name, it's The Best Saturdays of Our Lives Podcast with Mark McCray. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast with Mark McRae and Dan Klink. And we are going to finish our discussion of the cutesy era. This is going to be part three. And I have to tell you, everybody, I've been waiting with bated breath to find out like this really cool conclusion and secret information that Dan Klink has about... The Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. <laughs> High adventure that's beyond compare. We we are the gummy bears. Yeah, the gummy bears too. Wow. The gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh, I miss the days that uh, everybody had a theme song and yeah, right. Just sing the song and oh yeah. Anyway, magic but... and mystery are part of their history, along with the secrets of gummy berry juice. Wow. Something and something. Reach out <laughs> yeah. something. Something, something, as their song fills the air, and then repeat, gummy bears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds like a future yeah. podcast for uh, the best uh, Saturday morning uh, theme songs uh, from the yeah, 80s. Best Saturday. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, the gummy bears. We got, just got done talking about the wuzzles uh, in the last episode. Gummy bears premiered the exact same day and also came from the mind of Michael Eisner. Right. Uh, apparently, he was struck by inspiration while sitting around chewing on the candies one day. <laughs> like, straight up. Wow. <laughs> he, was eating, he was eating some gummy bears and was like, wow, I would like to see a cartoon of this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. It sort of sounds like when we talked about uh, in the Smurfs uh, episode a while back how Fred Silverman was shopping with his daughter and saw the Smurfs stuffed toys. Exactly. And, and yeah. decided this would make a great cartoon. I can just imagine, you know, Michael Eisner just stuffing his face with gummy bears. Like, oh, hey, you know what? <laughs> I need to reiterate. I love gummy bears. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love them. They're, they're really love good. Them. Yeah. And, and folks, no one paid me to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're not, on, we're, not on, we're not on Big Gummy's payroll or anything. Yeah, this is totally, totally neutral uh, feelings and beliefs on gummy mm-hmm. bears. Uh, the show uh, also premiered September of 85, uh, again, along with the Wuzzles, on NBC and went for four seasons on NBC. And then for the final two seasons, because it actually went six seasons. I didn't know this. Wow. Uh, yeah. They bounced it over to ABC as part of a, uh, a more, from what I gather, a, a more concise Disney experience that the, the, they ran it along with uh, the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Interesting. And and yeah. Winnie the Pooh, um, not to get off topic, was also, you know, had really cutesy animals as well. But that yeah. that series, Winnie the Pooh, did really solid ratings for ABC for a long time. And they were smart to kind of pair gummy bears with it. So of all the 65 shows that they made, uh, one could argue that there's actually 95 distinct episodes. Because for a few of those seasons, you would get two distinct adventures in one episode. You'd have 11 minutes, you know, commercial, and then they'd come back with another, with a, with a separate adventure, with a new title card and everything. Wow. So oh, wow. you could argue 95 episodes, though, if we're looking at, you know, the half hour children's programming format, 
We're looking at 65 yeah. episodes. Wow. Which would have would have been enough for syndication. Oh, oh, oh for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah that was the number yeah. for the longest, 65, you know? Yeah. The idea is is, uh, is pretty epic, actually. Within the show's mythos, 500 years prior to where when the show takes place, there was an advanced gummy civilization that lived in harmony with humans. And at some point, there was a conflict. A group of malevolent humans tried to seize not only the gummy berry juice, which... You know, the gummy berry juice makes the gummy bears bounce around. It makes them very, very bouncy and pliable. When humans drink gummy berry juice, you get superhuman strength. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like steroids and meth all, all meshed into <laughs> like super soldier serum. Evil humans tried mm-hmm. to not only take the gummy berry juice, but the great gummy civilization w- w- was, was a, a, an advanced technological uh, people right. in terms of uh, mechanization. And so they pack onto a bunch of ships and sail west. They sail away, which to me almost has a Lord of the Rings type feel to it. Oh, yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah. yeah we got to get away from these folks. Yeah. Right. A little shout out to all of my uh, all, all our to- Tolkien fans out there. <laughs> and, and, and small groups were left behind right. to monitor uh, human uh, social evolution and to uh, kind of keep the home fires burning at a minimal and wait until uh, the great gummies can return. So yeah, the majority of the show takes place uh, around a place called Gummy Glen. Uh, like It's uh, like a super awesome tree fort slash network of tunnels under the forest. Uh, and we uh, characters like you know, Zummy Gummy, he was uh, the, uh, the wizard, if you will, the, the hapless wizard. Uh, Gruffy, whose name implies he's, you know, kind of, kind of pissy, uh, Sonny, right, right. Grammy, you know, the names kind of, uh, kind of let you know who they are. There was another character that they introduced later, kind of like this hip skateboarding dude. I don't remember his name offhand. <laughs> uh, listeners go ahead. If you want to look up uh, whoever he was, send us an email and, uh, we'll, uh, I don't know. We'll thank you for it. And you said that at one point the gummies had to go away. They had to to leave their land because things got so crazy. And then how certain gummies were left behind. Right, right. Yeah, they're uh, so the majority of the show follows our gummies and gummy Glen. I mean, there's certainly action in the show. Don't get me wrong, but it falls more into the cutesy category until the later seasons. We find another group of gummies, the uh, Barbic gummies. They live in the Barbic forest just outside of uh, this abandoned great gummy city the city of uh, Ursalia. And this is where the show begins to take on uh, more of a sword and sorcery type theme. Yes, throughout the entire series, the the main villain is a guy named Duke Ickthorn, who knows that gummy berry juice is is going to make him super buff, and he's always trying to get his hands on it. A, really a Gargamel-type figure, you know, uh-huh. surrounded by a bunch of hapless henchmen who are ogres or trolls or... Orcs, but not called orcs, you oh, know, and he's spoiled. So, so wait a minute, wait a minute, not to interrupt, though I'm interrupting. You're interrupting yeah. Um, <laughs> so they went from living in trees to this sort of sword and sorcery uh, story. Yeah, line? yeah, because these new gummies that they introduce are warrior gummies. They're badass. I think even one of them wore an eye patch. 
and they wielded swords and they didn't take any guff from anyone, you know, whereas wow. like the gummy bears would like set a trap or be clever to avoid Duke Ickthorn. These guys were like, where, where's this mofo at? Uh, we're going to fight. Wow. Yeah. A gummy bear wearing a patch, you know, that shouldn't even be in the same sense. Yeah, no, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did a, an awesome episode of Sword and Sorcery, folks. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's in three parts, and it's totally awesome. We talk about how the Sword and Sorcery era influenced so many content uh, producers. And I'm wondering now if... The sword and sorcery era of He-Man and Thundar also had some sort of influence on the gummy bears. I, I think it had to have. In this ancient city, there is what appears to be a weapon, a laser weapon. The the episode episodes, I believe it's a two parter, uh, uh, is all centered around defending this ancient city and repelling Duke Ickthorn and the trolls. And what they come to find out at the end is that, yes, this device could certainly be used uh, as a weapon of war, but it's actually a communication device. And they get it working, and instead of shooting at anybody, this device turns and spins and points itself out to the ocean and sends and starts firing off these laser signals, telling the great gummies it's okay to return. And I don't remember anything after that, dude. That was... <laughs> Wow, I can Wikipedia this. I can I can verify if that was the end of the show. But uh, from what I remember, that was it for the gummy bears. That's how the show ended. Wow, interesting. I mean, I had no idea that all that was going on in the gummy bears, dude. Right? Well, I never knew that. Um, I'll say it again: that gummy bears became so hardcore. Oh, yeah. And and so, do you think this was like? Um, an attempt by the creators to keep the series going or to yeah, make it more I do. relevant? Make it more relevant. Okay. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Had to have been. Had to have been. Yeah. Because how the hell right. do you go from yummy, chewy candy to <laughs> to kids show to, you know, totally ripped up, you know, like just totally shredded gummies with eye patches and swords and <laughs> oh lasers and, and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, wow. Was, uh, that was a, hey, I like my job. <laughs> or... Here's a thought. Maybe it was influenced by Star Wars a little bit. Oh, totally. Sure. You know, well, everything is influenced um, by Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I know. We talk about this all the time, folks, but it's really true. But I guess what I was thinking of um, in terms of the Star Wars influence for the gummies, maybe it was, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the name. You're, you're the Star Wars expert. Uh, um, they're little characters. Oh, uh, Ewoks? Ewoks. The Ewoks, maybe, yeah. Maybe the Ewoks may sure. have influenced. When you look the at concept. the tree forts, and you know, uh, yes, no, I'm positive the Ewoks definitely had had a. Uh, I'm I'm positive in, during the creative jam session after my, you know, with Michael Eisner, his face just full of the gummy bears. He's like, yeah, so and like they live in like maybe an Ewok village kind of thing. Right. Everybody, everybody loves Ewoks, right? Oh, right, right. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally, oh, totally. Oh my gosh, funny. That is yeah. so funny. Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. 
My book covers the Big Bang with the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. Here at the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, we make every show from the finest ingredients. Juicy interviews, fiery film nights, delicious desert island DVDs. And pack it all into a slice of life in every episode. Order up our specials now from your delivery guys. Shine from Canada, Dan from Kent in the UK. And Paul from near Liverpool in the UK. Here on the ESO Network. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Serving you a slice of life. Mmm, mmm. Also, during the cutesy era, there was uh, two of my favorites, uh, the Flintstone Kids and the Pound Puppies. Of course, the Flintstone Kids, one of the things I didn't like about it was that it sort of ruined the continuity of the Flintstones because it was firmly established that Fred and Barney and Wilma and Betty did not know each other as kids. And I love how an ex-Hanna-Barbera employee explained it on Facebook. He said that the Flintstone kids actually took place in another universe. An alternate universe, right. In an alternate universe. And you know what? I can live with that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, You know, because I always felt that if Fred and Wilma knew each other as little kids, they would not have gotten married. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think Fred may have ended up in jail or something. Oh, right. (laughs) I I remember trying to explain to my aunt one day. When I was like, hey, I want to watch the Flintstone kids. That's uh, back when the show was, you know, right. was running. And she's like, what, you mean the vitamins? You want to you want to sit around and watch like a jar of vitamins? Uh, what are you trying to say? Flintstone kids? Because <laughs> remember the, Fl- you know, the Flintstone yeah, vitamins. Like, vitamins. We are Flintstone yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the Flintstone vitamins. Um, yeah. Which looked better than they tasted. But oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so the Flintstone Kids was a, a pretty big hit on Saturday morning. Um, and they, you know, the writers did a great job creating a whole new world. I mean, Dino was there and Fred and, and, you know, like all of the supporting, most of the supporting characters from the original series was on the Flintstone Kids. But right. they also created a lot of new characters, which I thought was uh, pretty awesome. And I, and I went in thinking I wasn't going to like this show. And I ended up liking it a lot. And I also like the fact that they uh, connected the Flintstone kids with the legend of uh, Captain Caveman. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, so like the Captain Caveman was sort of the middle cartoon. Right. And the Flintstone kids would gather to watch an episode of Captain Caveman right. and son. Right. And son. <laughs> that's right. Because now Captain Caveman had a son. Right. And so I always thought it was cool that, uh, you know, because the legend of Captain Caveman was that he was this, you know, this caveman from prehistoric times that was found by the teen angels. Right. And in modern times and helped the teen angels solve mysteries. Right. And that's all you knew. But whoever came up with the idea to kind of put the two brands together, I thought that was just brilliant. Yeah, right. You know, um, Captain Caveman. And son. And, and son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, so that was that was another cool part of the show that I liked. And uh, the Pound Puppies also uh, premiered on the same network around the same time. 
And again, another show that I didn't think I was going to watch, you know, part of this whole cutesy era. Right. But the Pound Puppies was like seriously hilarious. Oh, that was a good and show. It, that was a good mm-hmm. show. Yeah. yeah. It was it was very funny. And, uh, it, you know, it sort of reminds me of a... <laughs> and I don't say this in a bad way, but like a inexpensive version of Disney's 101 Dalmatians. I was going to say, I was going to say it was kind of a... And I'm not going to say it was like a knockoff of that so much as it was almost like a send up of 101 mm-hmm. Dalmatians. It's oh, all, yeah. there was there was a level of self-awareness to that show. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And, you know, even the villainess in the show, I always thought that she was supposed to be like a knockoff. Like a, like a cheap, a cheap Cruella de Vil. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That had a daughter that would often say, call her, her mother mommy dearest oh yeah yep (laughs) so i'm like okay is this supposed to be joan crawford in animated form i mean she didn't look like joan crawford per se i'm sure there would have been a lawsuit somewhere but that was the impression i got was you know we can't afford gorilla deville so we're going to get this other actress who is not as popular right but and then there's like little inside jokes too. Like one of the, one of my favorite gags from the series is that the pound puppies were constantly monitoring the, you know, this villainous of the series. Right. And, uh, you know, they had a secret headquarters and they would monitor her. And in one of the episodes, one of the dogs, one of the pound puppies is saying, it's terrible. It's mean. It's awful. And they're like, what, what is she planning? And he goes, it's that bad acting. You know? <laughs> and so that's another reason why I think that she that the villain is supposed to be like some down and out actress that has right. worked for a while, you right. know. So it's just kind of funny. But I agree, the show was definitely a send up of uh you know, it was almost like, well, you know, why even try to be like one hundred and one Dalmatians, you right. know? And that's a classic and you know, it has a a classic villain, uh uh, Corella Deville, but right, we can do our own version and have a lot more fun with it yeah. by poking fun at the premise of some crazy person trying to get to the dogs that have dog fur as a coat or right. sweater or whatever. And I'm just whatever like, she was getting at, right? Which I think is a ridiculous, a ridiculous premise to begin with. I'm just like, nobody wears a dog fur coat. Nobody wants to wear a Dalmatian coat, lady. <laughs> I, Come on. No. Come on. Yeah, well, that was, that was, yeah, 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I don't think Disney wasn't, it's not really... Well, hell, it's made him a lot of money. Who am I to... Right, uh, right, to, right. But I just thought that, you know, I mean, I'm sure you can buy the dogs and shave off their fur and make your own coat if you really wanted to. You shouldn't have to, like, go after dogs and treat them badly. Well, just... ultimately, what you're talking about is that the dog. if the dogs have to die for that coat, then that means you want to wear dog leather. That's, that's Right. And... That's the, yeah, that's the deeper meaning behind it. That... That no one really talks about. <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow, Dan, yeah. we we went dark real that's quick. Dark, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> okay, so yeah, so like I said, they were they were really good shows, yeah. and uh, there was a uh, an African American character on the Flintstone Kids named Philo, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the resident uh, brainiac and he was a smart kid. So that was a really nice addition as well, because a lot of there have been a lot of Flintstone shows and a lot of Flintstone spinoffs. Mm-hmm. And they never really ever featured anyone of color on right. the series. And so I thought that was great that. He got finally added. Although I have to say, the is a Flintstones episode where they encounter the Boy Scouts. Uh, the Boy Scouts are having a jamboree, and Fred and, and the family just happen to be camping in the same place. And at the end, they have this great sing-along. And way in the corner, there is an African-American kid that I guess one of the animators decided, you know, we're going to have, you know, one black kid just on the side right. and we're not going to advertise the fact that he's there. And you saw a lot of that in the sixties where you had people of color sort of being snuck in, mm-hmm. um, in the cartoons and, you know, almost seemed like it was like a, a where's Waldo moment where, <laughs> you know, spot the minority animated character, you know? Right. So to go from that and to finally get a, a fully realized, uh, character, um, on the Flintstone kids, I thought was uh, pretty progressive and and one of those finally moments. Yeah, about, about time kind of moments. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and so there was a bunch of others, Fraggle Rock, The Wizards, My Pet Monster, blah, 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 blah. And then there was another big show, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. That's right. And uh, I love this show as well. Um I thought, again, it was going to be this corny show, and it was not. And, you know, you finally, in this series, you get to not only see the characters in their younger state, but you also get to find out what their last names were, which was something that wasn't really talked a lot about in the original series. And it would have been a perfect continuity to the regular Scooby-Doo series, with the exception of the fact that Velma used um, a computer to help solve right, the series. Right. And in the original series, the technology did not exist. Just what? Well, yeah, 1969. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, right. that wasn't happening. Yeah. Although there are parts of the original series that does tie back to a pup named Scooby Doo. There is a really cool new Scooby Doo episode where Shaggy and Scooby are visiting Shaggy's uncle mm-hmm. and they're looking through like a photo album, a family photo album. Right. And Shaggy says to Scooby, I bet you're in here somewhere. And sure enough, there's oh. a picture of baby Scooby-Doo wearing a diaper huh. Huh. in the family portrait. And so that's the only way that really the original series and a pup named Scooby-Doo connects because right. you know that Shaggy has had Scooby since he was a pup. Right, right. So I, I like that part of it, too. But um, it was really good. And, and again, did really, really uh, uh, good ratings uh, on Saturday morning. And uh, again, I thought there was going to be, you know, more corniness. But, you know, a pleasant surprise. Right. A, pl- a pleasant surprise. And, uh, and I feel like A Pup Named Scooby-Doo was like really the last big... Saturday morning show that closed out the, the 1980s going into the 90s in, in terms of this trend, the QT era. More positive than a New Day pancake. More fun than a super kick party. 
It's the wrestling podcast from the host, who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well you know the rest, of Thunder Talk, Sexy Thor! It's the Ring of Thunder, found in the Thunderverse, and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. Hello! Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comic Books podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. Look, we gotta talk. Yeah, Thunder Talk. We're going all kinds of sideways with that sweet nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. It's topical. Political. Dare I say radical. We've got all your latest news and reviews. Hot music. And a whole lot of comedy. But it ain't for kids. Definitely mature content. So let's talk. Let's talk Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. You know, you mentioned the Flintstones uh, and how there was that episode where, you know, the, they had joined up with some Boy Scouts and how, like, in the far corner, there's a little, you know, Af- one African-American child in there. When, when you think about it, being that Africa is the birthplace of our species and that the Middle East would be the birthplace of civilization, no one would be white on the Flintstones. Right? <laughs> they would all be of African and Middle Eastern descent. Right? right Not a single right. white person would be in the Flintstones if they really cared about history and science and geography. Exactly. You're exactly right. But, you know, the Flintstones was made in the 60s. And even though it was supposed to represent prehistoric times, it was actually representing the sensibilities of of a 1960s animated sitcom. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I guess in my head it sounded funnier, but also, <laughs> but also more poignant. Oh right, right, right. I am so sick of talking about the gummy bears, <laughs> everybody. So the episode you just heard was recorded, I think, December 2019, and it's the last one we have in the can. And it just so happens Mark and I are doing a presentation at the Miami International Sci-Fi Film Festival uh, coming up March 9th through the 14th. And we do an entire panel, sci-fi where you least expect it, and the gummy bears are in there. But they, they, they have a laser, and I connect it to Battletech, if anyone's familiar with that. Yeah, it's going to be a really awesome panel, and I'm really super excited to be participating. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you have another panel too, don't you? Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) I almost forgot, (laughs) as a famous Looney Tune character would say. (laughs) Uh, So the other other panel is um, how Star Trek, the animated series, influenced uh, many of the future franchise uh, series and programs, including Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and uh, Star Trek Voyager. So there's a whole presentation about that, how the writers from 
these future franchises would often go dipping into Star Trek the Animated Series and grab ideas that eventually became continuity for the entire brand. So check it out. Yeah, definitely check that out. And, and, you know, legally speaking, you can't just call it Voyager or Deep Space Nine. It has to be Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Lower Decks, because the animated series is, is you find it in all of those. You just got to remember to put the word Star Trek in front of it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll remember next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, our legal department uh, took me aside the other day. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check local listings for the premiere of Season 2 of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast coming this spring. And by this spring, you know, probably a couple weeks from now. (laughs) Yeah, that's podcast time. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a co-production of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives studios and the Weirdos Workshop. To get a personalized signed copy of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, Go to the best Saturdays of our lives.com. This is Mark McRae signing off. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.